All right, Zach, you actually recording this time? Uh-oh. You will never live that down, sir. Were you, nope. were you not at some point? There was were like you one podcast. The, the, Is that taboo soundtrack? in the background? Is he screaming? Yes, That's probably one of my children. Yes, he sounds like a child. What did you say? <laughs> I believe it's the I don't want to go to sleep cry. <laughs> ah, well, I empathize. Let's do this. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today's Thursday, April 6th, 2023, and we're your hosts, Tom DePod, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, gentlemen. Damn right. And this, dear listener, is Quest 290 as we creep closer and closer to that big 300. Zach, what topic did we pick today? Uh, we're going to do. Why is my taste in video games so terrible? Now, what bad games do you love? <laughs> yes, that's right, dear listener. I, I went back and looked, guys. The last several episodes have all been about movies. So we had to escape the gravity well that is movies. Despite a lot of great fucking movies coming out right now. Um, Did we ever do a QQ for Interstellar? No, I never saw Interstellar. You never saw Interstellar? Nope. God, it's a good Wait, movie. You never saw Interstellar? Nope. We're talking about gravity wells. I mean, that's that's the one. <laughs> Fair enough. But there's a mm. ton of films coming out right now, guys. We got John Wick 4. We got the Dungeons and Dragons movie. We got Super Mario Brothers movie. And the thing I am most excited about out of all those, including over John Wick or Mario, is Tetris the movie, which is now out on Apple. Whatever their fucking streaming services. Oh, yeah. That was super cool. It's like Moneyball, but video games. I am so excited to watch that. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Zach, it needs to go Atari. up on a Plex server somewhere. Just saying, not saying, it just does. saying. It does. You don't have you don't have Apple TV. Everyone has Apple TV. I don't have Apple. That's not, not sorry, true. I think Tom. I have some produce in my refrigerator. You know, I got a Roku, <laughs> and it'll do Apple. Okay. Just fun facts. Well, I'm glad we just already got the QQ rambles out of our out of our system. Yay! We did it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, bad games that you love. Zach, you picked the topic, so you get to pick who goes first. Oh, man. It's got to be you, Tom. Oh, shit. So I actually have my list in kind of chronological order. I basically kind of picked one per console generation. So we're going in the way, way back machine. We're going to the 1980s, motherfuckers. We're going to the Nintendo Entertainment System or the Famicom Disk System Family Computer in Japan. But we are going to watch a game based off a Steven Spielberg production. That's right. I think I said watch a game. We're going to talk about a game. little little game, little thing you might have heard of called Jaws. No one's heard of it. No, I've, I've heard of that. I've heard of the game, too. So so let me see mm. if I can describe the game. Exactly. <laughs> like, Oh, this is going to totally even more way back machine. You remember when you could rent games? That was fun. Whoa. So like, we, we, rent, we rented the Jaws game, and every time I tried to play it, I have no idea how any of it worked, and I never got past the first five minutes and quickly just chunked it, because it was just like, what, what, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, the gameplay for this game was, there's two modes. One where you're in the boat, and you're just going from, like, one harbor on the right side or left side of the screen to a harbor on the right side of the screen and back again. That's literally, you're going back and forth. But as you're going, uh, you can like stop and, and hit things that uh, like will trigger a little, the, the second game mode where you're a scuba diver. And even Jaws can show up 
and you can like have a little radar like bloop, 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 and he'll actually run into your boat and you got to fight him so the other mode when you're not just literally walking back and forth between ports is you're a scuba diver you can only go up and down in a thing of water and fish or jellyfish will swim uh, swim on screen you have to shoot them with your little harpoon gun and every time you go back and forth between the ports your harpoon gun gets a little bit stronger so it can kill jaws quicker but it takes like a thousand fucking arrows to kill jaws and then there's a fun bonus round where you fly a plane and drop cannonballs out of your plane because why the fuck not so yeah it's a stupid fucking game but we had it when i was a kid and i enjoyed playing it and then when i was in grade school do you guys remember uh floppy disks <laughs> Yeah, I remember I mean, floppy disk. Yeah. yeah, I put Nesticle and that ROM on a floppy disk, and I just pop that fucker in and play that <laughs> when I was done shit in <laughs> class. Like for my, like, I don't know, web designer typing class. I forget what the fuck it was. So yeah, that's Jaws. Really, I'm glad you played it. Zach, did you even know this fucking thing existed? No, I didn't. Well, now you do. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> so. So wait, 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 wait. How does it fit into the, the whatever the, the topic is? Because you it's just a, said you, a game. Yeah, it's a bad game and I love it. Okay, it's a bad game. Why yeah. is it bad then? Look, there are games that I, I will defend as, oh, they're not that bad or they're good. I can't defend this game. It's not a good game, but I, I have nostalgia for it. It's super simple and I kind of enjoy it. So it's a bad game that I love. Okay. All right, Ruli, uh, because you were questioning the criteria, sir, you're up. Bad game that you love. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, so this, this, is, this is great because I've actually been wanting to talk about this. I'm going to put it in air quotes game oh, uh, that, I, that I played at some point. Um, I may play it again, but it's just like this, 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 the way to save games just does not, does not make this conducive oh, to play. Oh, wait. So, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it the game that never ends? It just goes on and on, my friends? People started playing it not uh, knowing what it was, but soon they would discover it's the game that never ends? <laughs> I don't know if anyone that listens is going to get a lamb chop reference, but sure, why not? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, fuck okay, so this this game is called Immortality. It came out August thirtieth, twenty twenty two. It's free from Netflix, but it's currently on Steam for twenty bucks. And I say it's a game because it's not really. It's I hate to say it almost feels like homework at times. But um, the whole mechanic to this game is, like, you have this, like, film archive, and you can, like, go to different scenes by zooming in on different things. So if, like, an actor has, like, a pencil in their hand, you zoom into, a, like, the pencil, and then you go to some completely random other scene that has a pencil in it. So you can literally zoom into, like, everything that's on, like, the, uh, you know, the screen, right? So it's a collection of, like movie footage and behind the scenes stuff for three movies um spoiler alert there's something to, like a story having to do with like demons or something and this craziness it's really really cool and interesting from like a storytelling perspective but i don't think it's an actual quote-unquote game that i could recommend to people just because it's just the the mechanic is just so so weird i don't think it would be for like anyone other than people like me i so, mean steam labels um, it as a quote adventure game it looks like an fmv point and click uh, here, I, I can read the, the summary or the description, but Zach, what voice should I do? Should I do the Rob Schneider voice or the Epic Movie Trailers voice? Gotta go with Epic. Oh, man, I was hoping you'd pick Rob Schneider. Well, we'll do that next. <laughs> Marissa Marcel was a film star. She made three movies, but none of those movies were ever released. And Marissa Marcel disappeared. An interactive story trilogy from Sam Barlow, creator of her story. 
There you go. That was <laughs> it's, it. It's interesting. If it, if it sounds remotely interesting, it's probably up your alley. Otherwise, it does feel like homework. And I started playing it on my phone because it was free. And then I'm like, oh, great. How do I get the save state onto another device so I'd actually like play it? And then it was kind of a tragedy. So I, I may try it again one day. But it was it was interesting. Okay, so hold on. You said it was published by Netflix, but this says published by Half Mermaid, which oh, is wait, a very wait, wait, confusing that. name because that's like one quarter fish, three quarters human. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how no, to interpret I, well, that. Well, it's like you know, like Netflix tried to get in the gaming thing, so maybe it's like produced or just probably more, probably better like distributed. It's so like you can get okay. it on, I think your your iPhone or your I don't know if it's in the Google Store for free, right? I think like all the like real computers, um, you have to actually pay for it, but like on like mobile devices, you you can play it for free. Okay, we need to do a brief digression onto Netflix games in a second, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything to add to this. It looks like a game my brother would play. He likes point-and-click adventures. Zach, any comments? Uh, no. No, every every point-and-click adventure is either hilarious or just so basic. Just so fucking basic. I mean, I really did enjoy the new Monkey Island, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played the shit out of King's Quest. It was fun. <laughs> They were supposed to be episodes. There actually might be, but they were so far between. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, Ruli, anything else you want to add about this game? Yep, I'm good. Okay, so uh, real quick, let's get to the real QQ Rambles. Hey, dear listener, this is another entry in the unfortunately recurring segment, the QQ Cast Rambles. So three, two, one, let's jam. Gentlemen, Netflix is making a game division. You know, I, I have friends that have been impacted by the recent tech apocalypse and that have actually gone to Netflix to work there. Um, I do not understand their business plan because they're buying up some cool little games and little game studios. They bought Into the Breach, my fu- one of my favorite fucking games of all time. But I don't quite understand the business model because if you have Netflix, then you can play these games for free. But I can't imagine, and these aren't major games, right? It's not like you're getting Ragnarok, God of War kind of shit, right? These are mostly, from what I've seen, they're buying up indie games. And I don't understand the value proposition of, oh man, I had better not cancel my $15 a month Netflix subscription, because then I might have to buy a single $15 game. I I don't understand it. What do you guys think about Netflix gaming? I, this is honestly the first time I've heard about it. <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, I mean, on the one hand, it makes a little bit of sense, you know, game streaming thing, or you know, used to be. I guess it still is because like Nvidia's service is actually pretty legit. But... Yeah, and that's the thing. Netflix isn't streaming the games; they're just giving you a license to some games by subscribing. It's like the ultimate not Amazon proposition. Yeah, I don't know. It maybe. They're trying to be like, hey, look, it's Game Pass, but you get Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's... Okay, two two thoughts. I think it's one that... Um, I think they've, they finally hit a point where like subscriptions actually dropped. So I think it's just kind of like grasping at straws and like okay like if we can't have all the movies and content creation la da 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 like what, what is what is another market we can dip our toes into to maybe kind of like get more eyeballs. Um, that's one theory that I have. The other theory is, um, I don't know what's in the fine print of the contracts. Like, maybe it is some type of, like, um, licensing of the story as well, to some extent. 
So if there is one day an Into the Breach TV show, it's probably going to be on Netflix. So I don't, I don't know if there's any IP stuff associated with that, but I, I think that's probably more of the direction they'd probably go with. I'd be Who so knows? happy to get Into the Breach show, because basically it would just be Pacific Rim, the TV show, but with pixel art. Oh God, I want it. I want it so bad. Give it to me now. Also time travel. So bad. All right, cool. Thank you for uh, that brief rambling digression. Zach! What bad game do you love? Uh, you know, I <laughs> all of the games that I thought were bad that I love, uh, turns out I'll have really great reviews. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I don't know anybody else that really played them, and Fuck so I'm gonna use them. I know. Mm. Uh, so yeah, no, let's just go in order, I guess. Um, so do you guys? I guess. If I said Kaboom for Atari made by Activision, would you guys know what I was talking about? No fucking clue. No clue. All right. So it's a game for the Atari. Uh, It used the little paddle wheel uh, controller. So it was like, you know, a dial that you could spin back and forth. That controlled a stack of buckets on the bottom of your screen, and you had to catch bombs with those buckets. And if you missed a bomb, then you would lose a bucket. But you had a stack of three buckets and you would lose the bottom bucket. So you couldn't just like swipe across the bottom of the screen as fast as you possibly could. You had to actually like uh figure out where the bombs were going to land. And it's one of those never-ending high-score games, right? Like all the a lot of the early Atari games were just, you know, never-ending high-score. It was one of the ones I used to give a patch for. Um and I don't remember the exact score <clears throat> that you had to get to get a patch, but I did exceed it one night while I was absolutely fucking blasted on cold medicine. <laughs> I was one of the sickest weekends I can remember from college, and I'm just sitting in front of the screen you forgot, completely you forgot to take a fucking... up it, didn't you? No, I did. I, I, I have the phone that has the picture on it. It was one of those Nokias, so it's not nice. going anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I was just absolutely wrecked, super sick. And, um, you know how people joke about Dark Souls players having to memorize the attack pattern? (laughs) Uh, that's, that's, that's the state of Zen that I got to with Kaboom in that one night. And yeah, it was just fucking ridiculous, but I played the shit out of that. Um probably enjoyed it way more than i should have but yeah no if you don't if you don't want to think then that was the game that was the game to just not think you know what really did it for me though it was the tactile bit it was the controller like it was a knob (laughs) that you were spinning back and forth and it was just so satisfying to sit there and twist this thing back and forth super twitchy i don't know it's very satisfying so uh, the only thing I don't understand about this whole description is why they didn't call it Bombs and Buckets. That's a, f- a fucking badass alliterative name. I would buy a game called <laughs> Bombs and Buckets. I don't know. Uh, yeah, published in 1981 by Activision for the Atari VCS. Programmed by uh, Larry Kaplan and David Crane. Uh, well received and sold over a million cartridges by 1983. So, see, here's here's me thinking in 2000, what, five? That this was a game that nobody had ever fucking heard of, and turns out, yeah, it, no, it was a bestseller for the Atari. 
yeah, bad games that I love. Fair enough. I got nothing to add. Okay, I guess that brings it back to me. So uh, we're moving up to the next generation, the Super Nintendo or the Super Famicom. So gentlemen, this game isn't, I think it's a actually a fun game, but it had two major flaws. One, it had no save, so you had to replay the whole goddamn thing every goddamn time you wanted to play it. No password systems, no saves, no nothing. And two, it was a very limited run of the game, so it's actually pretty rare, and it's hard to get your hands on, and I'll talk more about that in a second. But it is Metal Warriors for the SNES. And I know that sounds like a rock game, because that would also be pretty cool, but no, this is about mechs that fly around and fight in a side-scroller, but then your little pilot dude can hop out and throw switches or get in and steal other mechs. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. Have either of you even heard of this game? No. What'd you say it was called again? Metal Warriors. Metal Warriors. I mean, it's such a generic name that I feel like I've heard of it, but I'm not sure that I have. It's, it's fucking cool. Uh, no one knows about it, because like I said, it had a very small run. So no one knows what the fuck it is. It's, uh, as a cartridge, it is now up to $400 in value. I used to own it, like, as a kid. Wow. I wish I still had that fucking thing. But yeah, I, uh, so seriously, guys, I just went to WonderCon uh, two weeks ago, I think. And I went up, there was only like one video game booth at the whole place. It was really cool. And the video game booth, I was like talking to one of the dudes, I was looking through his bin. And I was like, oh man, my, my white whale, the thing I can never find is Metal Warriors. And he's like, oh, I know that game. Yeah, let me, let me check our case. I know we have a couple of high profile games. And he walks back and he has fucking Metal Warriors. $400. Nice. I'm like, son of a bitch. Oh, sad. <laughs> if, um, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. If there had been, if I bought it with uh, like, you know, PayPal or Venmo, I would have had to pay tax. But if I paid cash, I could have just done 400 If there had been a fucking ATM in that building, I probably would have done it. <laughs> as stupid as that, pay $400 for a fucking SNES game. But nope, it remains my white whale. I cannot have it. That's, I, I, that's, you could have just paid the tax. That's not a white whale. 7% on $400? No, thank you, sir. What am I, uh, made of money? I only have enough, I only have 400 spent on my games. I mean, I, I don't remember the story. Is Herman Melville? Is that not the author of Moby Dick? And it was just like, uh, yes, in front of the white whale, I'm like, Arr, I'm about to get you, but I gotta pay the tax. I'm not gonna kill you. I'll see you next time. I'm like, come on. That's, that's a horrible, horrible comparison. <laughs> Uh, what is the most expensive video game you guys have ever bought? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I mean, if if I had to be honest, it's probably those dumb little little kids game I've been playing with my daughter because they just crank out the uh, the content all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think for me, it's probably uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Wait, is that because of the amount of money you spent in the microtransactions, or was this a, no. a single purchase? It was a single purchase. I got the collector's edition because I just uh, that was it, it came out around the same time that my house burned down. Jesus! So <laughs> I was just like, I could use a distraction, and it came with night vision goggles. So <laughs> it was also like, I, it was definitely a treat yourself kind of a moment. But it was also like the only copy of it that they had was this. St- uh, I don't remember what it was, like $120 uh, collector's edition. I still have the night vision goggles. They totally work. It's weird <laughs> because it puts your point of view like six inches in front of your face, so you can't really use them and like 
expect to walk around with any degree of confidence, but you know, you could see stuff in the dark and that was neat. I mean, I, I, that's a pretty yeah. badass purchase. Like I, I bought a flamethrower because I was like, man, how many times in life will I have a chance to do this? You bought night vision goggles. I'm going to give you two thumbs up on that one, buddy. Fuck. Yeah. Really? Most expensive game. I still think it's probably Toka Life World. Just all the microtransactions I've gotten, I've probably hit the $100 by now. Just uh, getting little houses and little people. I don't know if that counts. I don't know if that counts. I mean, I don't... They, they're like 60, 70 bucks. Like, I just buy the basic one and then just, I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't, <laughs> I don't need the collector's edition. I don't need all that fancy, fancy stuff. I don't need a bust of Master Chief to stay there and collect dust. My video games are there and collect <laughs> dust. Not the, not the extra collectibles. Uh, all right, Ruli, on that note, back to you. Bad video game you love. Um, okay, so if we're going to SNES era, um, I'm thinking of a game that, I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think it's bad because it's like this, it's a weird genre. I think it tried to kind of be like Mortal Kombat, but not. And I just, it's, I just remember it was charming and just silly and fun to play. And that's uh, Clay Fighters on the SNES. Do you even oh, remember man. that? Was that also using the whole pre-rendered thing like Donkey Kong? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it was. I mean, it, it they'd had little goofy little clay figures and they were just doing goofy little things and you get to fight to the death. I mean, it was it was a thing. But I remember it being horrible. And I'm just like, I'm like, why am I not playing Mortal Kombat instead of this dumb game? Just because it was just so novel with all like the random characters. It's just like, you know, the, the, the main character is like a freaking uh, Frosty the Snowman. That's evil. Just go beat up people. Go for it. Yeah, I I know I own the cartridge just because, you know, SNES collector, but I don't know that I've actually played the fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) I played, you know, Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter, and, oh man, the Marvel Capcom games and all that shit, like, but I don't know if I've ever played Clay Fighter. Zach, you ever played Clay Fighter? Uh, no, I don't think so. Doesn't ring a bell. It's silly. It's, yeah, I think it's probably just lost to the other of... Why are you playing this instead of Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Go play a real fighting game. <laughs> but it exists, so. Zach, favorite fighting game? Ooh, uh, Smash Brothers, hands down. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad answer. Bar was too low, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, back to you. Bad game you love. Uh, so I really thought that this was a hated game, but again, I looked it up, and it's got like a 7.5. So, <laughs> which is so, so fucking surprising because it's like, uh, it's, it's one of those games that people hold up as being just unreasonably difficult. Like, it's not even fun how difficult it is. It's just stupid. Um, Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> I spent, it used to be, it was for the Sega Genesis uh, that I played it on. Um, It was a game that I never owned, but I rented weeks and weeks and weeks in a row. Uh, (laughs) That was just like, that was what I spent my whatever five bucks allowance on was just like renting a video game once a week. And that's what I did for like three straight months. I don't think I got very far. I really (laughs) don't know how far I got. Uh, but I remember just being so mad at it and like, I couldn't let the game win. (laughs) I had to keep going until I could like figure out how the hell it was supposed to work. And the manual was 
dumb. It had you used to you know games came with paper manuals. That was super nice. It gave you no hints about any of the mechanics of the game that you were playing. It was just, hey, you're a dolphin, and you go do dolphin things. I don't even remember what the objective <laughs> of the game was. There was a story, maybe, but it was not, like, presented according in the game. Wikipedia, it wasn't even... <laughs> I'm sure it was presented in the game manual. According to Wikipedia, the story follows the eponymous Echo, a bottlenose dolphin who fights extraterrestrial threats to the world. What? And the game is yeah. known for the high difficulty. Yeah. No, it's so fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah, no. I mean, in retrospect, I had fun with it, but ultimately, it beat me. It it won. <laughs> so, uh, pulling up the Wikipedia on this game, because of course I know Echo, although I, I know I've played it, but not for any significant amount of time. There was Echo the Dolphin, and then Echo Dolphin 2, Tides of Time. I knew that. I had forgotten there was an Echo Jr., but then I didn't realize there was an Echo Jr. and the Great Ocean Treasure Hunt... There was actually a game made in the 2000s for the Dreamcast, Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future. Totally didn't know about that. And apparently there was an Echo 2, Sentinels of the Universe, which was unfortunately canceled in 2016. Oh, I'm sorry, no, it was canceled in 2001, but a hmm. playable build leaked in 2016. So, uh, yeah, interesting franchise. Yeah, man, good, uh, good fucking answer, dude. That's pretty fucking good, actually. Shit, what do I have to... Let me check my notes. What do I have to compete with that with? <laughs> Oh, oh, no, I got this. Okay, moving on to the Nintendo 64 era. Uh, it's a game about motorcycles and violence. <laughs> oh, that um, one's easy. Road Rage. Everyone loves that game. Road Rash. Fuck yeah, Road dude. Rash. There you go. Yeah. My friend Pat and I, we played so many N64 games for so many hours, and this was such a fucking fun game. We would just, you know, drive around and whack people with whatever the baseball bats or anything else. There were certain things you could actually spoke people's wheels and make them fly off. Oh, God. It's... It's not, there's a bunch of different Road Rashes. Road Rash 64 might be the worst of the whole fucking bunch. Yeah, it's polygonal, it has the fog, you can't see 10 feet in front of you, but fuck did I love this game. Remember the soundtrack having like rock music on it? That was probably terrible. Um, oh yeah, dude, Road Rash 64, I played a shit ton of it and it's awful. Did you guys ever play any of the Road Rash games? Uh, definitely on the PlayStation. Definitely played a lot of that with my brother. So it's it's fun. Yeah, just knocking people over the head with your chain or whatever. Um, it's good times. And just kicking them. Just yep. kick them to fly sideways. Kick them. Kick, in the kick them in the Kick them in the face. Kick them in the transmission. I don't know. <laughs> kick them in the clutch. <laughs> Zach, no uh, no road rash experiences. Not a ton. Any any motorcycle video games of any kind? Oh, um, not a ton, really. Like, I want to say that there was one that was like a, um, uh, sort of like a dirt bike game that I don't remember the name of. And it's honestly just such a hazy sort of <laughs> half memory that I could be making it up. So, no, not really. All right, Ruli, back to you. Okay, so. Oh, wait, I'm... no. Oh. Sorry, no, I totally, go for it. totally forgot. Um, F Zero. That's totally a motorcycle game. Well, that's that's not, not a motorcycle, motorcycle game. game. That is a hundred percent a motorcycle game. Not, I, I, They're like hover bikes, car. but you can't, you can't tell me that that's not shaped <laughs> like a fucking cars. motorcycle. They're so They're pointy. They're so pointy. If <laughs> it had wheels, pointy? it'd only have two. Have you ever seen a motorcycle? It would I, only I mean, have two wheels if it had wheels. You have a motorcycle I mean, license. 
Is the Star Wars pod racer game a motorcycle game then? Now that I is mean, pod racing. If you consider trikes motorcycles. No, why would you do that? Well, then there you go. Oh, but fine. F-Zero, those are totally motorcycles. They just hover. Uh, Ruly, back to you. Okay, so, <laughs> so I want to assume arcade games count. Um, Fuck yeah. Uh, I've always liked the shooter games, um, so I'm pretty sure y'all remember good times like Area 51 and uh, oh, is it Time yeah. Time Crisis? To cut Time, time Crisis, crisis the other yep. one with the pedal, right? Well, always you know, usually next to those machine was the one that no one ever played called uh, what am I kidding again? Police Trainer, which isn't oh, really yeah. a game. It was more a bunch of like mini games that you had to be super accurate for. Which actually I enjoyed because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of shooting aliens in the face. I've, I've played what it was. It was uh, Area 51, Carnival, and Time Crisis. Those were the ones I would constantly stream through. And then you get to mm-hmm. a point where like it's just like I just just want to just shoot things and see if I'm accurate. And it was just a fun little game. It's just you know little balls popping in the air that you got to shoot or the little silhouette target things. It's totally dumb and totally silly, but I mean it was just it's. Kind of going back to like Zen's uh, or Zach's um, bomb catching thing. It's kind of Zen. It's very chill. Yeah. Just shoot at things, low pressure. It's fun. Totally. But again, totally boring if like to most folks compared to the other games right next to it. Because come on, Time Crisis 2. Best, best game ever. So go play that. Yep. Oh, my, uh, I, my theater had a Time Crisis 1, I think. So you'd go to the theater. I'm such an old man. You go to the theater, bring your $5 bill. It was four fifty for the ticket and 50 cents play around a time crisis either before or after the movie oh yeah oh zach what were your arcade experiences i mean much the same um yeah time crisis was definitely top of the list area 51 was the uh the runner-up uh both of them were i mean they're awful they're rail shooters and yeah the only cool thing about them was the like light gun mechanic um which I enjoyed because, like, I really loved Duck Hunt, but I never really had a Nintendo with that setup. So arcades were the only place that I got to play with the light guns. But you made up for um, that in college. You and your roommates actually had a Duck Hunt set up, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, we did. Hell yeah, we did. Played the shit out of Duck Hunt in college. But um, yeah, no, I mean, there was uh, a couple of others. Like, um, uh, there's one where you're just like, uh, it's it's sort of tower defense you're in a turret and just like fighting off waves that was the cool one where you were like sitting in a pod and the whole thing spun around well, not sitting you were standing but you know you had to like look around at least 180 degrees i don't think it went the full 360 i have no idea it was I think nifty. what you're talking about yeah it was nifty but like you were stationary that was the that was the point and just waves of dudes would come at you so it wasn't like it wasn't like a Normandy type thing, but it kind of had that vibe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was the, the it's like a, it's the like dealio. A big, you're in a big bubble bubble thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. No, cool, Zach. Another bad game. And then ski ball. Uh, so yeah, no, we're just gonna go all chronological and shit. Um, hey, I got one more, so plan accordingly. So I got uh, I got into PC gaming in uh, pretty much as soon as I possibly could. Uh, so in the mid '90s, '96, '97, uh, like Command and Conquer and Red Alert started to show up, and I saw it at a friend's house. I think it was Red Alert, 
at a friend's house and was just fucking mind blown, right? <laughs> like that was the coolest thing ever. And I remember I was uh, describing it to my dad and just like, yeah, you got like you 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 put down buildings and tell it to build tanks and you gotta you know harvest resources and then you go and send your your units off to fight a battle and i don't know if like i couldn't remember the name of the game to give him (laughs) or if he just uh heard it and couldn't remember it later but he got me a game that was not red alert uh (laughs) for my birthday uh, oh, and I played the ever-loving yeah. shit out of it, and I still have fond memories of it. Uh, Imperium Galactica. Wait, is this a Space <laughs> 4X? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Space 4X. Uh, it was released in 1997 uh, for DOS and Windows, and uh, it was actually, I'm looking at the wiki for it, it was re-released on GOG in 2016. Um, so, yeah, now I... Uh, again, I'm looking this up. It wasn't widely known but the reviews that were around for it uh four out of five stars so like again i thought (laughs) that this would have been a terrible game just just by notoriety alone because it took me uh pretty much up until you asked me a minute ago uh to, to remember what the name of this thing was but i remember playing it like vividly Oh man, this yeah. looks this looks so similar. One of my favorite games of all time is uh, Master of Orion. Like I have so many yeah. fond memories of that. It looks so similar. It's got a lot of the same like 4X uh, sort of stuff as Master of Orion did. Um, it also had a fair amount of real time strategy, which is kind of where I think the confusion <laughs> lay, because <clears throat> you would fight these battles, and the battles themselves were RTS. Um, it had a little bit of turn-based stuff outside of that, but like the the distinction was that the real-time bits could happen basically any time. So, yeah, it was kind of neat. That's fucking awesome, actually. This looks cool as shit. Uh, yeah, it's available for Steam for five bucks, and Imperium Galactica Two is also available on Steam for five bucks. Uh, Zach, did you ever play Part Two? I never did. It's never too late. It might even be Steam Deck. It's not Steam Deck verified. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a question for you. Uh, It's available on GOG or available on Steam. Which service would you buy it on? Would you go Steam because then you know it'll run on the deck? Or would you go GOG and try to copy the files over? Oh, I'd absolutely go Steam. Like, I don't care. It's a hedge of money. Uh, Gabe, take my money. (laughs) I love the idea behind good old games. I really, really do, but I do not need another fucking loader, and I just don't have the same digital pack rat does, instincts that I used to. Does GOG have its own loader now? I'm so out of touch. I mean, I thought they did. I think when I looked at it, it was just like, you gotta do these, like, three steps, and I'm like, that's two steps too many, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's way, t- way too much work. Like, I don't know. I make a lot of money now, and I'm much more interested in paying for people to do my work for me. Yeah, I tried to change my motorcycle oil, and I have a permanent injury in my hand. What's the lesson, oh, folks? No. Don't do your own shit. Yep. Let's sigh. All right, dude, that was, a, that was a fucking great answer. Okay, my final answer. This is, okay, I don't know why this came to mind. This is, uh, I would almost call it a hidden gem, but it's not a good game. I just had a lot of fun with it. It's a stupid little indie game. I, I didn't even, I'll pull up how much money it is in a second. It is so stupid. You've never heard of it. 
again, it's somewhere between hidden gem, hidden gem and terrible game that I just happened to really enjoy. And I think I did put several, quite a few hours into it. It's called Horde for the PC. It's uh, this little game where you play as a dragon and you fly around a 2D map and you just burn shit with your flame and kidnap princesses. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I liked it. I'm not telling you it's good. It's I'm not telling you anyone knows what the fuck it is. No, I mean, I've, I I've heard of that game, but also I don't know if I've heard of it through you, so I don't know if that counts. Um, Probably me. Who else has played this thing? Uh, it's five bucks. There was, like, there was some, like, other similar one where, like, you're, like, a minion or, like, like bad guy type thing with minions and stuff. That's not related to this one at all, right? No, 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 no. No, okay. This is made by Big Sandwich Games, who have made Horde. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know. It's obscure little... PC game. I don't even know why I saw it. Maybe I heard about it on a podcast or something. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know. That's I, it. I don't have much to add. Just because there's so many hordes on Steam. Oh, the, the name is so generic and terrible. But uh, it's cool. You're a dragon and you fucking burn shit and you steal things and you hoard gold and you kidnap princesses Ooh. and burn knights. <laughs> it's fucking neat. Sounds Love fun. it. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, Ruli. Uh, what's your last game? That is okay. it good? Oh, I, had to, I had to go to Metacritic to make sure that it was considered bad. <laughs> you, um, let's see, because I think it's like eight, a couple games in the series, 81, 73, 79. I mean, it, it doesn't crack the 80s, so I'm going to consider it bad. Um, I guess I, I guess the um, intriguing mechanics is always something that reels me in. Um, have you all heard of Scribblenauts? Fuck yeah, dude. That's a, oh, yeah. It's a franchise. It's not a bad game. It has horrible ratings and not, not a lot of people have played it. But I will say really? it's bad. But I will say it's bad because, like, once you start getting into, like, mythical creatures, territory, or other thing, like, every game is easy. You just summon the magic carpet and then go to the end. Or summon the dragon or summon god. And it's just, it's you, you win. It's just really easy. Um, the mechanic was silly. I mean, you could try to challenge yourself and do it with, like, random words or something. But it was it was fun. But I don't know. It just, like, it's... From a mechanic of like go from point A to point B, it kind of struggled because you could literally do anything. But I guess that's also kind of cool because you could literally do anything. Um, so you y'all said you liked the game. Oh, I remember yeah. being super unique, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. If you just cheat, 100%. you win. But yeah. it's neat. But it lets you. It was a sandbox in the best way. And honestly, I've never really heard like it's it's one of those franchises that like there's like what. Six games? I want to see. Let me double check here. Where are we in the scribble knots? There's a lot. There's definitely a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. So I'm kind of surprised that there's that many, but I've never really heard anyone really talk about it. So I'm actually surprised y'all have heard about it and played it. So bad answer, but I'll accept that because that means scribble knots is actually really good. So I win no matter what. We're bad at podcasting and break our own rules constantly. (laughs) Well, that's all I got. All right, this is this last round is anticlimactic as. Fuck! <laughs> Zach, take us home, man. Do something big. Do something bold. Do something oh, fucking terrible. Man, okay. Um, uh, hang on. I had something for this. I was looking at something else, though, and lost it. Where'd it go? Um, dum, 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 dum. Uh, did you guys ever play Nox? I Nox? don't know what the hell that is. How do you spell it? With an X? N-O-X. Never heard of it. So, Nox was uh, special. Um, 
it was one of the it, it's not even on steam wow weird anyway uh so how would you put it it's kind of sort of an rpg but in the same way that like diablo is kind of sort of an rpg it wasn't exactly a looter shooter or a looter game um but uh yeah i think the cool thing about it was that it had a really great multiplayer and it was sort of an arena shooter it's a top-down isomorphic game but it had a really good uh multiplayer and like there were three or four classes that you could choose from and play through uh the like main was, was game this with the one where you could like have like a hundred mul- people multiplayer it wasn't like that now i mean maybe at one point but like that would have been uh, somebody's specially set up server now i think the uh the most that you would have in a typical match was something like six, maybe ten. Um, mm. And the maps in the multiplayer were were reasonably small, right? Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was just deathmatch, right? Uh, first to however many kills wins, and that was that was it. It was simple, but it was also one of the first like multiplayer games that I was legitimately really fucking good at. Um, it just uh, fucking wrecked face in that game so great okay so but then yeah, i'm this, looking this up graphics. the fucking reviews for it and it's a 4.5 out of 5 so you know <laughs> why do we have such good tastes in games why? I know. well the story was even so, good can, i remember that i liked the story can can i do an honorable mention uh sure but hold on i want to make a comment about Knox okay. real quick so these graphics look so 90s and are released in 2000s so that's about right uh, I just want to read here description on GOG, an excellent, excellent, bleh, an excellent action RPG hybrid with a very unique gameplay. Your name is Jack Mower, a 20th century dude who just happened to be sucked into the world of Knox via his TV set. That is correct. Okay. Yep. The world is in danger, and you have to save it. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, it's Isekai before Isekai was popular. It was also Westwood Studios. Neat. Everybody loves Westwood. All right, Ruli, you uh, you get to do an honorable mention. Rock and roll. Okay, honorable mention. It's it's well, I mean, it's not even a game. Um, I'm gonna go with Newgrounds.com because if we're talking about bad games and we're not talking about the whole genre of Shockwave Flash games, then we are doing everyone a failure. Because <laughs> there are a like lot any of... of those. <laughs> yeah, I remember liking a lot of them, and they were totally dumb. Like I remember there was one like um like like mining game that you had to keep digging and then like all of a sudden like you're fighting the devil on mars for some reason because i was like oh it just turned into that game sure why not ripped off doom um, Doom did it <laughs> um yeah but i mean there's a bunch of stupid silly games like i remember like even like the, the controversial stuff like pico and everything like it, it's like they're all just bad but they were like again like kind of going back to charming it's just silly little stuff that people were just making for free um oh yeah it's it's just it's just it's a time that was like what maybe like five to ten years that we've just completely lost now that the that technology is gone so that was a yeah. thing now I I remember being uh, shocked and thrilled when Flash was uh, murdered. I mean, honestly, just put down in its sleep. But um, yeah, no, there was there was a bunch of those games. Um, they were all just 
they, a lot of them, so many of them just bleed together because they were basically the same game, but like that age of branded entertainment, I used to work for one of those <laughs> cool box games with a K E W L, um, now defunct. I don't think it exists anymore. The studio or company, I guess that ran it, uh, got absorbed into an Australian company anyway. Um, yeah, no, that, that shit was wild. It feels like a fever dream that we spent that much time with those <laughs> it things. D- it does. It does. Just nuts. I never actually developed anything for Flash. Did you guys? Oh, no, because it was mean, horrible. <laughs> yeah. We started playing around with uh, Silverlight around the time that uh, Thank Flash you, was, was killed. Silverlight was great. Silverlight made Flash make sense. It was like C sharp to your C plus plus. Um, yeah, you could do a lot with Flash, but it was just as fucking fun to work with as PHP. And then Silverlight came on, and it's like, oh, this shit makes sense. They gave you declarative fucking modules that you could use. <laughs> you know what it makes me think of in retrospect? It's React. It was React for Flash. It was such a good idea, and like the same year that Silverlight was becoming a big deal like it was released a couple years they had a couple of major updates that added you know the the core kind of major functionality that made it like an actual useful tool uh but then like the year that that happened the year that it was finally good was the year that google said now we're not doing flash anymore and silverlight just (laughs) was done along with it So yeah, yeah so I was good. gearing up to get to get deep into Silverlight, and then was like, "Oh, never mind, J.K." <laughs> uh, don't don't hate that in retrospect. That was a that was a good move. Anyway, <laughs> all right, well, gentlemen, thank you for uh, discussing terrible things that we love, or in this case, underrated hidden gems that we love. Apparently, since they all had fucking good reviews, <laughs> I'm gonna declare myself the winner oh. with Road Rash 64 and Jaws. So. Yeah. No, I guess. I mean, <laughs> we should have kept score. We should have gone for golf score. <laughs> Whoever had the lowest cumulative reviews. Uh, I, I think you win. All right. Let's... As the winner, gentlemen, today I am going to pick our sponsor, which is going to come as no surprise to anyone in recent news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Our sponsor this evening is the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. That's right. Do you want actions to have consequences? The Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Indict motherfuckers. That is all. Hooray! Roles like must resist urge to talk politics. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I don't even know what you said. The commercial's over. (laughs) I tune out during the commercials. Oh, fuck. All right, let's get to the news. Good news, everyone! Great news, everyone! Bad news, everyone! Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. You are? Gentlemen, I got a couple of news headlines in here, so uh, I'll, I'll start us off with E3 is cancelled. Arguably dead, but E3 is cancelled. Uh, do you guys even care? They, they had gone away, they'd already been theoretically in decline before the pandemic. They obviously went away like everything else with the pandemic. And now, despite having tried to put on E3 this year, the big three, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, all said we're not attending. And so they fucking canceled it. This is probably the end. It'll probably just be a brand that people steal from here on out. 
Um, do you guys even care? I thought it was canceled already. <laughs> um, didn't it get canceled yeah. and come back? Uh, I mean, I think no, they skipped 2020. Yeah. And then, yeah. Or they did a, a virtual one. But, uh, yeah. Now, I mean, on the one hand, it's sad. It's the end of an era. E3 was kind of like the mecca for games and game technology. And now that's uh, that's kind of done. I think it's probably appropriate, <laughs> in all honesty, to cancel it. Um, like, there's... There's been a lot of interesting stuff in games. Uh, you know, Unreal 5 is super duper cool, and we're starting to see com- stuff start to take advantage of those features, which is excellent. Uh, the latest generation of GPUs has been lackluster, to say the least. Uh, processors, not really moving a whole lot either, although I guess the uh, top gaming processor is now AMD, and Hooray. that's pretty cool. Go underdog. Yeah, it's actually pretty neat because they use like a twelfth of the power of the uh, next equivalent Intel CPU. Uh, it's like a hundred and fifty dollars less, and it's something like a thirty-five percent performance increase in every game that they they bench test it with. So that's fucking wild. Uh, it's been a while. Go AMD. But yeah, I mean the the point is that it's kind of plateaued. Uh, in a lot of ways, the the whole state of the gaming industry, or the gaming art. So, like, yeah, there's stuff going on. There always is, and there always will be things to talk about. But is it worth the whole like dedication of resources to go through with something like E3 every year? Eh, maybe not. Um, then again, you know, it could be a sign that people are, are holding their cards a little bit closer to their chest, and we'll see a lot more really cool stuff start to show up in their own announcement cycles. You know, I guess freeing up resources from E3 means you're not really beholden to the E3 release cycle or announcement cycle. Yeah. So I mean, spread I think, that love out through the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nintendo with the Nintendo Directs kind of proved you didn't have to be beholden to it in order to be effective. And yeah, with the increased development cycles and the difficulty of creating demos, which having worked in the game industry for a long time now is very fucking time-consuming, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just feels a, an artifact of a bygone era that, yeah, companies don't have to spend money on anymore. Uh, really, you know... Oh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry, you, you mentioned demos. Uh, one of the things that I've started to see as a trend, um, especially in indie games, where it makes sense, is people doing like limited time free to play modes so like um oh, i'm trying to think of what it was now there's something that came out recently on steam that's octopath like hey traveler. octopath traveler yeah they did it and it's like hey you get your first 20 hours free play the first 20 hours if you want to buy it then buy it if you don't then don't or you know buy it up front i don't hate that idea personally um you know saves you from having to do a whole one-off experience to demonstrate the technology or the game play that you're trying to show off. Um, people are doing this limited time free play and then rolling those saves into a purchased game. Like that's that just makes too much sense to me. I like it. That's because it's it's so much easier to do that to actually write 100%. custom builds of your game that remove assets uh, that have to have built-in like limits and timers and custom quest lines to end is. 
very time consuming to do versus a straight up time limit is a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's all the regular complaints about things like DRM, but that's the kind of thing that it's for. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna use it, use it to be you know pro consumer. Let people try before they buy. I love it. Anyway, just a, a side thought. Fuck yeah, dude. All right, uh, who else has got some news? Uh, Mario I came out today. I... Was it today? The Mario uh, movie? No, it was Wednesday, I think. Okay. So yesterday. I mean, I it's was actually going to try to day. see it, but I I did not. So I may see it soon. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie tomorrow. Kind of looking forward to it. I don't. I I sort of understand why people don't like Chris Pine, but I am not one of them. I like Chris Pine. So I actually like him more as he gets older. I know, right? Um, Apparently, the cast of the Dungeons and Dragons movie got together when they were, you know, starting to uh, get scripts and stuff and film this. They uh, started a D and D game while they were making the movie, and it's just as unhinged as you can imagine because it's all professional actors, and the whole point of a D and D game, you know, if you're playing it for funsies. Is it's an improv game, so they're yes anding each other, and it just sounded hilarious. <laughs> um, also, apparently, a lot of the inside jokes from their campaign actually made it into the movie, so I'm nice. really excited to see it. Fun. Yeah, uh, we you know we mentioned all the movies coming out. I want to see all of them, but this weekend, Zach, I will also probably also I will also probably also English hard go see the D and D movie because my girlfriend's a huge D and D fan and player. So that's that's apparently top of the docket. Although I really want to orgus, orgus, organize a Tetris watch party with some of my friends because I'm so excited about that movie. You gonna try to get everyone to fit into place for that? That was that was good. I, I had to think about it for a second. That was good. That was real good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You need square containers for your snacks. <laughs> uh, Ruli, do you got any news? Um. I don't have any news. I have. I am not prepared for news. Well, I've got to what's going on in the world today. I, I, I will say, like I can sum it up. There was a lot of doom scrolling today. Way more doom scrolling than usual, but there was a mm. lot. Was this the, the Supreme Justice thing, or? Oh, there's that, and then I mean, everything that, in Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Oh God, I have been. Turning a blind eye. There, there's there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in Florida too, so it's just, it's all just uh, mm. something. Okay. Ruli, I'm gonna help you out. All right, man, I'm gonna help you out. Hel- okay, help me. Help. I me, know help you're me. a huge Scott Pilgrim fan. Scott Pilgrim <laughs> Netflix anime reunites the film's cast from Michael Sarah to Chris Evans. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't. I have no idea how that's gonna work. Cause like, are they starting? Like, are they redoing the movie? Or what? I have no idea what they're doing. I don't know. It's an anime. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and like I could have swore that there was one on Adult Swim too. I don't know if it was like little promo things or something, but I could have swore there was like an Adult Swim anime one. So, oh. and good for them. I, it, it'll be in the stack of things that I I will want to see eventually. Uh, well, speaking <laughs> of Netflix stuff, like that we were supposed to do a review, but yeah, did did we all finally see Glass Onion? I know I, I saw no. it like yeah. the week it came out. No. Yes. <sighs> I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Shame, Tom. Shame. True. It's so good. much fun. It's very good. I know, I, we we, we're definitely not going to review it. But we haven't all seen it. the menu. We haven't all seen Glass Onion. We haven't. Wait, all what do you mean we haven't? We haven't all seen, we so haven't all seen so the bad. menu. 
Did you ask me if I saw the menu? I assumed you hadn't. Why would you assume that I wouldn't see a batshit crazy movie? Well, it's not that I wanted to make an ass out of me, but I really wanted to make an ass out of you. But, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, that was a good movie. I loved it. Spoiler alert. Today I learned about the menu. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, man, it's this looks quick. great. Yeah, it, it was one of those movies where I just, like, didn't have a chance to see to the theater, but, like, it was one of those that came out on HBO or something. I'm like, I have the service. This is interesting. I'm going to watch it. Love it. It's good. All right. Right on. Well, okay. Let's see here. Uh, I'll. I don't know anything about this headline, but I'll say one more headline, which is uh, Virgin Orbit, Richard Branson's rocket uh, firm, files for bankruptcy. We're down to two rocket dicks, down from three. <sighs> Nobody saw that coming. There's actually. That's all I got. There's actually a ton of cool shit in uh space right now like yeah space okay richard news. branson space news um uh, yeah no virgin galactic was doa and always had been it's just the dumbest fucking setup anyway uh so nasa put out a uh really cool report with the worst possible fucking name and i'm not even going to try and remember <laughs> what it was but basically uh, they are putting together they've got a proposal now for the uh, development of a hybrid uh, which call it thermo uh, nuclear thermal and nuclear electric drive uh, system so yeah that's pretty cool. The idea behind it is that they can get the fuel density with the specific impulse they need to drive a hundred tons or more to Mars in 45 days, which is down Wait, from the typical seven days? months. Yeah. Wow. Which is nuts. Anyway, it's super neat. Like the, uh, the thermal electric bit uh, is, is pretty cool. You know, you have a reactor that's providing electricity and that's, you know, great. Um, but you can get, you know, a huge amount of power out of a little bit of fuel and you can get a solid state reactor that does the job without any of the, you know, moving parts or safety concerns that you would with any kind of liquid metal. Then you get the nuclear thermal, which does basically the same thing, except <clears throat> it acts directly against a propellant. So instead of having a chemical reaction, create the heat and the exhaust that you use as reaction mass, you superheat basically anything but hydrogen is a good choice because it's light and dense or light and compressible um but you basically superheat it to way hotter than you would if you just combusted it and shoot it out the back you combine that uh with the thermoelectric bit you can get even better heat density but um the coolest part about it is that you don't need to use nearly as much fuel as you would for chemical rockets to get to mars and it's something like 25% of what you would need for uh, like methane or a methalox uh, system to go from Earth to Mars, which means that you have to ship 75% less fuel to orbit in the first place. So it's it's pretty neat. Uh, that's that's a recent development. Still, you know, in the proposal stage, but uh, looks like they're putting actual resources behind it for the first time since the 50s. That sounds pretty awesome. Hopefully it'll actually get off the ground. Yeah. 
I just keep thinking about the Iron Man meme. We had this since the 50s, but I'm trapped by the, or I'm limited by the technology of my time. Well, there is that. <laughs> it's so cool that we have math to do things that we're like, man, we know we can do this. We just can't do it yet. I love shit like that. <laughs> Super duper fun. I'm trying to find the name of this uh, paper they did. Do, 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 do. Eh, it's going to take me longer than I think I want to spend. All good. Well, gentlemen, let's wrap up with a trailer. Coming soon to a cinema near you. In a land that... No, in a land. In a time. No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Yep, yep, yep. Now, actually, I for a change, I don't have a stack of trailers. Because even though there's the new Into the Spider-Verse trailer, I don't actually know if we want to watch that. Because I kind of steer away from things I'm excited about. So it's between that and paint. Want to watch the paint trailer? Paint? I mean, yeah, we're watching it. It's happening. What is this paint you speak of? It is pasted. It is. It's very pasty. All right. Let me know when to count it down. All right, Zach, tell dear listener what we're watching. This is paint trailer. Hashtag one. Open paren 2023. Close paren. From Rotten Tomatoes trailers. 15.7 million subscribers. Let's do it in three, two, one, play. Our goal is pretty simple. I want to help you get what's in here and just splash it onto there. Don't worry, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's harder. It's harder. Thanks for going to a special place with me. It's the Owen Wilson essence, y'all. Carl. <laughs> Cut it. That tree is probably too tall. Are you guys uh, fans of Bob Ross? Get some calls about that. He's always been like one of those like memes on the edge of actually like learning how to paint. So paint with ambrosia. Oh no! New place. It's been a lot of places. Night, everyone. Poor Bob Ross. Don't let fame bring out the worst in you. Real man. So it's my understanding that Bob Ross actually hated his signature hair. He didn't want to do it, but at that point, lucky I'm an artist. It's what got attention, so he could never get rid of it the rest of his life. Poor guy. Oh, totally. I believe it. A real artist. I mean, it's my Uber is here. It's one of those things where, like, I know a lot of people. Like my him, Uber is but here. Also, awesome. Well, I've never seen people actually use him to like, like, like learn to paint. That's that's the weird thing. It's just like he's such a meme, but I don't know how many people have actually learned to paint with Bob Ross. That like, if I don't know, it's just I'm gonna stop now. One dimensional. So I guess I thought this movie was about Bob Ross, and it's not. I guess it's just clearly the hair is taking inspiration. So I wonder. How much, if anything, of this was inspired by Bob Ross, or it's just pure comedy? <laughs> I think it's just pure comedy. Like, I, I, I... PBS Burlington. Carl stole my newspaper. Yes, we're aware that Carl is stealing newspapers. Please hold. <laughs> like, I, I can't place it because she was talking about my Uber is here. What does that mean? That means goodbye. Uh, what? 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 I don't, I don't know. I got no idea what's going on with it, but if it's funny, I'll watch it. We'll see. That's yeah. not true. I have a million movies I need to watch. I'm never going to watch That's this. That's definitely <laughs> true. That's absolutely true. Oh, let's say. 
All right, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Gentlemen, will we be back next week? I assume so. I hope so. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have more uh, topics, more quests in the hopper. I got a... a actually, I, I realized I have a shitload of notes about one of them, so maybe that's what we'll do next week. But until then, Zach Ruley, thanks again, y'all. Thank you, Tom. Yay. And until next time, dear listener, what's Bob Ross's... Uh, what's his tagline? Happy happy little QQs. Happy little yeah. QQs. <laughs> Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any and all views expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.